acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance ekhat tole hello boys and girls ladies and gentlemen this is nishant and welcome to another episode of the nishant gurg show this show is for people who want to live a fulfilled life through mindfulness practices and personal transformation my job on this show is to invite world class performers to share the practices to live a fulfilled life this episode guest is sonia statman and in this episode she is going to talk about empowering ourselves with boundaries gratitude and much more she is a 20 year business and leadership coach helping women build a business she is a podcast host and a tedx speaker she helps women in business and leadership positions to define their leadership platform and step into their value and power this goes beyond messaging and influence which is what so many other people are teaching this is about how to be a leader or successful business owner without burnout without compromising your integrity or in trading one thing for another like time for money or money for time this is about creating real impact not fake news she provides the steps education skills and coaching required to become a leader and to build a vehicle for impact whether that is a business platform or leadership position and now let the episode begin sonia welcome to the show thank you so lovely to be here my pleasure uh if you are in a social gathering and somebody walks up to you and ask you what do you do for a living are you going to respond it's <laughs> so funny cuz everyone asks that right they all kind of go straight for that what do you do um yeah look i i usually tell people i support women in business or leadership roles to really navigate and operate those um you know their business or their leadership role more effectively So I've spent a lot of years um as a business coach like almost 20 plus years and I've done a lot of self development and a lot of leadership development and so over that time I really just kind of learned what I feel women need specifically to navigate you know arenas of power and I I look at arenas of power as you know business as politics as corporate um and I feel like there is this really interesting way in which women need to lead that we're not actually really taught and so I work with women to be able to understand those skills and those um you know interesting experiences and those environments that they find themselves in what kind of businesses do you support women Well in the business side I tend to work a lot with service oriented businesses so that could be coaches consultants uh, wellness practitioners you know anyone who's operating a service um to someone else you know client based uh, I don't tend to work with product businesses or e-commerce although those kind of businesses can be in my leadership side And what's your foundation of coaching business the foundation you mean sort of what what do i offer yeah, in terms exactly. of services yeah so look over the years i've pretty much done everything right like after decades in the coaching field i've tried all models i've delivered all kinds of services and what i found was 
um, that I could really take all the experiences that I've had over the years and put them into a really, really stable and solid and successful program. So the way that I offer my services, it's a combination of one-on-one coaching, group you know, I have like a beautiful group of women and online training and that combination is developed in a real step-by-step program that's also customized. And so that's the only thing I deliver because it has the most results and I found it to be the most effective in helping people get real transformation. Coaching is very common these days. We we Mm -hmm. all have so many coaches around the world. What do you think you have something unique in your coaching, business coaching to be specific? Yeah. Uh, Look, there is a lot of coaches in the world. And I think that uh, I think I have a few things that are really unique in terms of the way that I approach business. I mean, part of it is just my whole philosophy, which is really about how we operate differently, like how we need to to operate in a way that is more the feminine energy, um, you know, for women. And that is more about uh, minimizing burnout and, you know, working a lot less, but making more money, being more financially stable. And so I think the whole way that I look at business is more spiritual, emotional, it's more holistic. And I know there are a lot of different people who talk about mindset and they, you know, they they do business in kind of a holistic way as well, but I definitely have a different way of looking at how to operate it. I also think, you know, two of the other things that I offer that are really different is I focus a lot on building a solid foundation. One of the things I found over the years is that so many women and so many men as well this isn't just women will build a business that doesn't have a very solid foundation and so then they start you know trying to do a lot of marketing or they even go to scaling it and it completely breaks down it can't be sustainable because they don't have a really clear niche they don't have really good positioning they don't understand you know how their offer needs to fit into the world in the right way and so some of that foundation is broken and you can't really scale foundations So I spend a lot of time helping my clients create that really solid foundation, not just in their business, but also in themselves, their confidence, their ability to set boundaries, to say no to the wrong fit clients, to, you know, say no to the people in their lives that are pulling their energy. And so there's so much about that uh, foundation that's really important in the work I do. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a lot about them understanding and knowing themselves better and then designing a business that really fits who they actually are. Self-development and business, they go hand in hand. We cannot um, escape from self-development and just keep working from business. And I think uh, in, the, in the business world, it can be possible that we treat business as our life. Yeah. We, we get to create those boundaries saying no. And those are difficult things. I would like to ask you if somebody is starting their business from scratch and they are not mm-hmm. clear what is their niche market, how to promote, how to market. What are the core principles to set that foundation because foundation is very very important without that it's very difficult to scale or expand any 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 life or any business and the working on the foundation is very challenging and we keep evolving it keeps evolving through through years so if if you have a client 
and they're at point A, which is very early in their in their business career or in their life mm. career. How they can move through that? Yeah, look, it it is a really important time, and and I am definitely a proponent for getting support in that time. I think a lot of people will sort of do it yourself, you know, just keep kind of spinning in circles trying to figure that out. Like, you know, you see that a lot with niche or target market. People have done like 5 million avatars, right? Like they they try one target market and they think, oh no, I just need to switch an avatar. I need to do another target market. I need to do another target market. And I've seen women who, you know, have spent decades you know, a decade literally in their business and still don't have a very solid foundation. And I think it's a good time to get support. And the reason why is because there's so many facets. There's not really one answer. You know, sometimes we think that building a target market or a niche is just about, you know, finding a target market who will pay us, right? Like, so I see a lot of people who start off kind of thinking along those lines. What's a target market that would like my service and they'll pay? But what ends up happening sometimes is that you might not really align or resonate with that target market fully. And so then you're trying to sell to a target market because they've got money, but it doesn't really fit who you are as a person. There's a misalignment. Yeah, how can we discover who we are? It, yeah. it, it is coming back to the personal development. It is. It always does. And and I think, you know, that's a, that's an interesting journey as well because so often in this process, I, I like to think of my clients as unfolding, right? Because they come in with a certain idea of what they want to do with their business and who they are. And, and a lot unfolds in the process because sometimes they come in with a concept or they come in with an idea of who they should be or they come in with an idea that's been indoctrinated from their parents or their, you know, the people in their lives or their husband or, you know, whatever it is. And they have yet to really uncover what they want or who they are. And so that's a really interesting journey. Uh, do you have any real experience that comes to your mind right now without speaking of any client name? Do I have any personal experience? Yeah, any experience from a client that they uh, came to you and they had different idea, but their idea did not align with their beliefs. Oh, yeah. Like so many, actually. <laughs> so many. And I think, you know, um, you know, it's interesting. I was just talking to someone today and, and I, in, when they come in, they are looking at what will make a business work. And over the years, a lot of people have been told by, you know, gurus or specialists or other business coaches, they've been, you know, told this is the kind of target market, you know, this is how you define your target market, this is who you should be going after, this is the kind of service that you should be providing, this is how that service should be structured. So you've got a lot of people coming in telling you what you should do or how you should do it. And then there's not really that consideration or that understanding that you need to figure out what you really want. And so oftentimes what I do with my clients or like, you know, even my client today is I have them go back to some exercises, some journaling exercises, some exercises to start exploring at the core, what do they really want? Not what do they think they can have? Not what do they, you know, imagine that they should have, not what they think could work. But if they really get down to the core of who they as an individual, what do they really desire? What do they want? Can you um, please yeah. uh, suggest some questions that our listeners can apply in their personal and professional lives as part of the yeah. journey? 
Yeah. Look, the, I have all my clients do a process called the three questions. And so what that is, is every day, the first question is, how do I feel? And it's about uh, welcoming all the guests, all the feelings, the feelings we don't like, the feelings that we're resisting, but it's really like getting to that place of allowing ourselves to acknowledge all of the feelings we have in this moment. And that can be really hard to do because oftentimes we'll resist things like anger. You know, we feel a lot of anger for something and we try to, we instead want to kind of feel good. We want to talk about the good feelings that we feel, but it's really important in that process to start with what you really feel and get really honest with that process and, and honor all those feelings as guests. And so I tell them to do that first question until they feel a shift until they really feel a change in their bodies. And once they get to that shift, the second question is, what do I need right now? And getting really honest about that. What do I need right now? What is the core of what I need right now in this moment? And so that's a really interesting process. And I tell them to journal again until they get a shift. And the last thing question that you ask is, what is my greatest desire? And so, you again, you write until you feel that shift. And so they're really simple questions. But when you do this practice every day, something unfolds. A level of honesty, a level of introspection unfolds. And sometimes you get to places that you, you know, never really ever thought about before. And it brings so much awareness. And this requires a lot of practice to connect to our inner self. Mm. Because when we are working on a business, we are working on a business. <laughs> so before we work on a business, we get to work on ourselves. It's a process, yeah. you know, inner yeah. being, outer being. So with all these questions, so we are going deeper within us and asking mm. what, what do we really want? What kind yeah. of purpose you want to solve? And what is our why to work yeah. on a business? A lot of people start business and we don't have patience. That's the reality. People yeah. give up because of it's it's a long game, long infinite game. There is no yes. end. It's yes. going to be long as hours <laughs> that we have to put in. Hundred percent. I always tell people that the greatest self development courses in the world are business parenting and relationships, right? Like those are the real self-development courses that will just, you know, be the most challenging thing. And business is absolutely a self-development course. Why do you think relationships? Um, I think that relationships are also because they, they reflect, right? They, they touch your triggers. They bring out all the things that you have yet to be integrated. And the same is true with business and parenting, right? Like I think because we love the people that we're having a relationship with and we love our children and we love our business or we're passionate or there's a reason why we're creating our business, there's a why. I think all of that dedication and desire it, it's like it pushes on our triggers, it pushes on the pieces of ourselves that we have yet to heal. And that's why it's so intense. And that ability to be able to get through it. And that's why the self-development component of my program is so important because I don't feel that you can succeed long-term in business if you're not doing the self-development work. If you don't, you know, introspect, if you don't understand that what's happening right now in your business, yeah, it might be that you're just not getting sales, but oftentimes it's your triggers. What could be those triggers? Well, they can be lots of things, but like, you know, for a lot of women, it's value, right? So 
the idea of us really stepping into our value of owning it. I mean, so many women have a challenge with sales because to have to put yourself out there, to have to say, you know, hey, are you interested in what I'm offering? To have to go through that process is vulnerable. And, you know, it exposes all the ways we feel unworthy. And, you know, for so many of us, we've had wounds throughout our lives where we've been told we're not good enough or we're not good as we are. We're, we're good if we do everything that everybody else wants us to do, but otherwise as we are, we're not good enough. And those triggers come out in the process of business. And so, you know, it's so interesting to watch what unfolds in the journey. This is very profound statement because if when we are working on a business, in that case, if we feel that we are not worthy enough, we, we may not be able to ask our clients that this is the price I deserve, this is the price, if you don't pay me this price, I won't be able to work with you. And coming, oh yeah, the understanding those triggers, emotional and mental triggers. And sometimes if a client says something wrong, and how do we respond in that situation? Are we kind? Are we proactive? Or are we getting mad and nuts with that client? And how do we create relationships? I would like to ask you while you're working with your clients, because maintaining business and personal life can be mm. a lot challenging. Yeah. How do you suggest and what do you suggest your clients to maintain that work-life balance? It's, a, it's very difficult, I know. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? Yeah, look, my whole entire framework of my business teachings are built for work-life balance because we can't separate it. Like we're not, we're not dissected people to where we've got like, here's our business and we're going to work on our business and here's our life and we're going to work on our life. That's not the way it works. And of course, for a lot of the women I work with, they're navigating kids as well. So they've got, you know, their children or they're, they're supporting their parents, you know, who are ill or, you know, they're, they're navigating a lot of care duties too. And so, you know, we, I've had to just build into all of the work that I teach that work-life balance. And so some of it is really first about giving ourselves permission to have balance. Like that sounds like such a simple thing, but so many of us don't allow ourselves to even have balance. We're still driving ourselves into the ground because we're telling ourselves this is what we have to do and we have to work hard and we've got to make all these things happen and we've got to be the best mom and the best wife and the best, you know, uh, business owner. And Being we've got perfectionist. To do all these things. Yes, yes. And so, you know, just giving ourselves the permission to let go of that is really, really powerful. And it's staying grounded. It doesn't matter whether it is business or life, having mindfulness practices where we can cultivate calm and peace. Yeah. Do you suggest any specific mindfulness practice to your clients whenever they get triggered, they can practice those things? Yeah, look, they, I don't necessarily have specific things I do. I usually work with each client to kind of see if they've already got some practices in place. And if not, I'll suggest practices. But definitely meditation is a powerful practice. Um, you know, whether you use an app that has some great meditation, like I really love the Glow app. I don't know if you've ever used it. but No, I've not. 
they, it's, uh, it's awesome. And it's got uh, like Pilates and yoga and meditation, but like I can just pull up, you know, a five minute meditation on a number of different topics and do a quick five minutes. So that's a really good resource. I think the journaling and specifically um, morning pages, which was something that was originally developed in a book called The Artist's Way, but morning pages are where you, you know, set yourself either a timer, so maybe like 10 minutes, or you set yourself a certain number of pages in your journal, and you just write until, like, you just write whatever's on your mind, and you don't let the pen get picked up from the paper. You don't get distracted. You just literally just write, 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 write. And if you've got nothing to say, you write, I've got nothing to say until something comes up. And it clears away some of, of the initial thinking that allows us to get more grounded and centered. So especially if we're triggered, there's often so much anger and there's so much stuff and using the morning pages is a really effective technique. And I would like to connect on some feminine and masculine energy part that you have yeah. mentioned in your work. Uh, I think, speaking of women, for example, uh, women are supposed to have feminine energy. And when they go to work, they have to have that mask of fem masculine energy, if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah. And it's it gets difficult to switch from one thing to another. And when they come home, getting back into their feminine side can be difficult you know that shift even for men not every man is having masculine some men may have feminine side more more of feminine side so how we can understand that part and shift what is required when yeah, look, I love talking about this topic because I think it's really misunderstood, right? So I like to look at feminine and masculine as energy. And so you have feminine energy and you have masculine energy and everybody has both. So there is no one person who's 100% feminine or 100% masculine. We have both energies and you can think of them, some people like to think of them in terms of like yin and yang, right? So, you know, we've got these kind of tools in our toolbox and they are these different energy frequencies. And so the masculine energy is action, direction, you know, force, effort. That's the masculine energy. And it's really effective in creating. But the feminine energy is release and attraction and integration and, you know, silence and you know discreation and so you've got these two different energies that when we use them in the right point of reference and in the right time they're really effective but what happens is we're most people are very imbalanced and so in business it's very imbalanced which is one of the reasons why i created my program was to bring more balance to people in terms of the feminine and masculine so many people are using the masculine all the time in business it's it's about going out there and in action and doing things and making effort and there's not enough time for the release and the discreation and the space and so that's one of the the main problems in terms of business is there's not a balance of those two energies and how to be aware of that balance we human beings are not aware yeah well, definitely. And I think we're not taught anything about it, right? I mean, I know my clients eat it up when I'm talking about the feminine and masculine energy because they're like, no one's described it. No one's told us how to operate in those, you know, two energies and which to use at which time. So a lot of what I teach my clients is their tools. And so, you know, if you're in a place, for instance, in your business where you need to create, 
that's, a re- you know, the masculine is a good tool for that. But it can't be a 100% creation. Oftentimes, we get into places where we're hitting our mindset stuff. We're hitting blocks. We're hitting fear. We're hitting stress. Well, that's a time for the feminine. And so, you know, the, it, that's, I think, why we're so, you know, interestingly imbalanced. And yeah, a lot of people aren't aware of how that works. And so we need a lot more education in talking about it. Speaking of men, if hmm. if a businessman is hitting that stress point and not not able to move beyond a certain point yeah. because of their masculine energy, can yeah. men cultivate feminine side and yeah. be more relaxed? If, yeah. And how, how, how a man can do that? Yeah, it's the same as women, really. I mean, I think the only difference is that we are more programmed for the feminine side than you know, women are. And men are more programmed for the masculine side. But it's the same. I mean, we can get into that. So any male who's also experiencing blocks in their business, it's going to be the same kind of thing. They need space. They need integration. They need release. And so you'll, you'll, if you sort of talk to like some of the most successful businessmen in the world, right? The real innovators. They do create lots of feminine time. They create space. They read books. They receive. They go get massages. You know, there's all these ways they're in their yin. It's just not described that way. It's not talked about in that way. And space cultivates creativity. Yeah. If we are on the go all the time, our mind doesn't come up with new ideas. And to come up with new ideas, we get to go for massages, do meditation, read books, having those sacred white space and not doing in those things. Because sometimes we get stuck so much in in that business mindset that we we tend to forget things in our lives. And that's when work-life balance plays a very important role. Yes. And in your TEDx, you you have talked about moving beyond, moving beyond empowerment. What is that empower moving beyond where we are moving beyond? Yeah. Well, in the TEDx talk that I did, I talked about moving beyond hashtag empowerment. And it was it was a lot about the way that we talk about empowerment in social media or we rah-rah empowerment. But so often we actually miss the point of real empowerment. Because, you know, we sometimes we look at empowerment as like cheerleading or being, um, you know, supportive of people and keeping everything happy. But real empowerment comes in the deep dive of the personal development, right? Real empowerment takes pain. It takes suffering. It takes moving through really challenging points in ourselves to come out on the other side empowered. In that case, can we? How can we request support from our friends and family when we need empowerment? Well, I think support is is great. Like you know, we can always ask people to kind of help support us. You know, when we need to to feel more power or be more empowered. But empowerment actually is a it's a solo journey. Like we we can. And, and I think about this in terms of a lot of times the way we look at ways to support communities who need more power, right? And communities who are disadvantaged and want to help them. And I think we have to be more aware of 
what can we do to create an environment that they can move through that personal journey of empowerment? Because giving empowerment doesn't really work. It doesn't create empowerment. That's when the leadership comes into role. Leadership empowers others. So we can give tools and resources, not spoon-feeding somebody else. We can give tools and strategies too so that they can learn that and pass it along to somebody else. It's I see what you're saying. It's more of personal empowerment. And when we empower ourselves, then we can inspire others to do the same thing. 100%. And I think, you know, I think our world has gotten into this place, and you can see this sometimes in the self-development world, right, is that we got in this place where we want everything to be happy or we, you know, we want everything to be positive. And the, that's not really where the real work comes in. Like it comes in the, the ways that we experience challenge and it's moving through that challenge that creates resiliency and it's moving through that challenge that creates growth. And so, you know, as leaders, we definitely need to recognize that if we give everyone all the answers and we just tell people what to do, they're, they're not going to grow. We have to provide them the opportunity and the space to be able to, you know, do their own work. And not micromanaging things. Yeah. And in your, in your business and work, you talk about fulfillment and freedom. Mm-hmm. So what, what would be the distinction between fulfillment and freedom in terms of life and business? Mm. Well, I, I think freedom is really the ability to choose right? We want to be able to have a choice. That's where I think a lot of people talk about when I, you know, I ask this question a lot because so many people come to me and, you know, even in my sales calls or whatever, I'll ask them, what do you want? And they're like, I want freedom. And I'm like, cool. What does that mean to you? Right? Because everyone has this really interesting Travel freedom, money freedom, financial freedom. Exactly. A lot of people say money and I'm like, okay, interesting. So in, in the new sort of, you know, black right now is like a million dollars. I want to create a million dollars. I'm like, Okay, so what does that mean to you? Like, why do you want a million dollars? Like, what is that? Why do you think or that gives you Is it going to fulfill you? Yeah. Maybe a million dollars may not fulfill you. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is that there are lots of businesses making a million dollars and they're bringing home $5,000 a month and they're working their, their butts off. You know, like they're, they're, make, they're making a million dollars technically, but they're completely stressed out all the time. They're, you know, running themselves into the ground. Like they're not fulfilled. They hate their work. You know, there's all these ways in which we don't consider what, you know, freedom really means. Um, and for me, a lot of the freedom term that I talk about is the, the right to choose and to be who we are to really, really be who we are without worrying about, you know, other people's judgments, without worrying, you know, that we should be this for somebody else, but really coming into that power in and of ourselves to just be who we are. I think that is truly freedom. Interesting. Because we are living in this social media world these days. Everybody's talking about network marketing, you know, work from home, have this freedom, that freedom. And that is great. That is amazing. But at the end, if we are not feeling fulfilled, internally fulfilled, then any amount of money is not going to make any difference. I know a lot of people who Mm. are, who have millions of dollars, but they are miserable. I know a lot of people who make $50,000, $60,000 a year and they're fucking fulfilled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fulfillment is not correlated with money. Money can yeah. give us resources, new tools, yeah. but it doesn't make us fulfilled. Understanding yeah. that distinction and 
everybody is getting into business entrepreneur side that we will all make money yes yeah. there is a freedom there is a fulfillment aspect involved in that but it's going to have a lot of work involved it's going to be day and night hours for years and years until we get to a point when our asset creates freedom for us yeah yeah you know? 100% and i see this all the time uh, business people talk shit about job 9 to 5 job i see it all mm. the time 9 to 5 job sucks get into yeah. this business what do you mm. think about that it it always pisses me off that 9 to 5 job is great and this this statement from simon sinek reminds me all the time that every job every work which requires complex things to resolve that is called entrepreneurship even if yeah. we are working in a 9 to 5 job we are solving yeah. complex problems we are not you know yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about that you know 9 to 5 job versus having a business i i think it depends on who you are right like i've had a lot of people over the years come to me really determined to create a business and as we've worked with their unfolding we've come to find they are not a business person right like there is a certain kind of person that thrives in entrepreneurship and then there is a certain kind of person that can thrive in a 9 to 5 job and i think in so many ways the pathways are really the same like you know to solving a problem you are yeah. solving a problem Right. And also it's personal development, right? So the reason that so many people hate their 9 to 5 job is not the 9 to 5 job itself. So often it's their inability to take leadership. It's their um hitting their triggers with the people that they're working with or their boss or it's not stepping into their value. It's the same stuff I teach my clients in the business side. It's just that they've put themselves in a position where they're disempowered in their 9 to 5. And so so often it's still the personal self-development journey. exactly and you just mentioned that there are some attributes or adjectives needed to become an entrepreneur so yeah. what are those i think you have to be really comfortable with uncertainty <laughs> like i just think it's a job like, job can be uncertain you know mental job is uncertain we are we are recording this podcast on april 9th and we are living in this pandemic global pandemic coronavirus yeah. you know yeah. people are leaving their jobs yeah totally and and that's true but traditionally i think people have clung to the certainty of their 9 to 5 jobs or their corporate jobs or their you know the job they can depend on and so you're right we are in an uncertain time in general which is fascinating to watch everybody but i think to continually be an entrepreneur i mean some people are in something because we're in this sort of in between time but we will unfold out of this time again we will you know have more jobs again like all of that will kind of come back into play at some time but i think for an entrepreneur they have to thrive a bit in that uncertainty because it's not something that ends you don't ever get to a place in business where you're certain like you're just unfolding the next level. And so and I think that's a really important key point. I think sort of they, a lot of people talk about like the growth mindset in which case you're able to handle the difficulties and the challenges that come up you embrace them versus what one of the things that can be a real struggle for an entrepreneur you know people who try to go into business and who are more inclined to maybe a 9 to 5 job is they can keep coming up against things that like for instance someone says no to to the sale and then they take it so personally whereas we really have to just be resilient um to handle 
every challenge that comes our way. I think that's really a good inclination for an entrepreneur as well. Ability to fail over and over, over yeah. and over. And that mm-hmm. is required in a business side. Yeah. And this reminds me of this stuff from Gary Vee. <laughs> he keeps mm-hmm. saying that, you know, you've got to work your ass off for years and years. And there comes a point when people say you become successful overnight. There is no overnight success. Yeah. But it's like failure is not overnight as well. Yeah, totally. And I think just being able, being comfortable with those pieces, like the uncertainty and the failure, I think that, you know, will will lend itself to a more successful entrepreneur. And having infinite patience that if it is not working now, it will work at some point if we keep changing our approach and a strategy. Yeah. It's, it's, yep. it's, a, it's a lot of day and night work. Day and night work. I can truly imagine. I, and I'm sure you can. You are inspiring your coaches and you are inspiring your clients to fail more and more so that they can become more and more. So in yes. speaking of business life, I would like to ask you, I would like to shift some gears over here. Great. So, what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? Well, for me, I mean, there's obviously lots and lots and lots of books we've all read, but I have some particular ones that I, I sort of call my feminine Bibles because what I feel like I've lacked in my life is someone teaching me the feminine energy, right? The, the, the way of women and the, an understanding of how I can operate better in that part of myself. And so I've got these two books. I, I get a lot of my clients to read them as well. And they're called, uh, they're by a woman named Judith Dirk. And so one, one uh, it's by a woman named Judith Dirk. And it's like D-E-U-R-K. And she wrote a book called Circle of Stones. And then she wrote another book called I Sit Listening to the Wind. And I find those two books I can just like randomly open to a page and it's so profound for me, the results of that, um, that I, I absolutely love it. So those are two books that I'm, I constantly have by my side. Another book that I found really powerful is I, I really like, um, bodied centered approach to therapy and to self-development. And so whether you, you know, if you studied any kind of psychotherapy or somatic therapies, there is kind of this body-centered approach to how we can integrate our wounds, our old trauma. Uh, So uh, this is a really fascinating subject for me. I was a psychology major in college. And there's this great book called Getting Our Bodies Back. And it talks about sort of a way to move out of addiction. But what I found is the addiction idea is relevant to everybody. I've never found anybody yet who doesn't have kind of an addiction in terms of busyness or an addiction in terms of ways we distract ourselves. So it could also be food. It could be alcohol. It could be, you know, all these ways in which we kind of have these addictions. And she talks about a way to really integrate and process our traumas and our previous experiences in our lives. And I just think it's an amazing book. And so, you know, it's kind of for someone who's really into that, but it's really, it really changed my life when I could see everything from that perspective. I will put all these book names in the show notes. Okay, great. And before I ask you my last question, I would like to ask you that what do you do when you feel unfocused and or overwhelmed? Unfocused or overwhelmed? 
Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing I do is create space. Like that's, that's something that's so important for me. So it's, you know, I, I will literally, um, try to create a few hours where I'm not having to do anything, having to answer anyone that I can just go inside of myself and get grounded again. And some of the tools that I use for that in that time period is I might even just sit and look out the window and let my mind, you know, kind of move. I use the journaling techniques I've already talked about daily. I'll go take a walk in nature and I'll meditate. Like those are all things that, ground me back in myself so that I can focus again, deliberately think where I want to put my attention um, and just get really clear. They are all great techniques mm. to, to ground ourselves. And we can yeah. apply or practice these things at any moment in our life. We can. Where, where people can find you online? Uh, well, they can find me at sonyastatman.com or I also have a podcast called Women in the Business Arena and you can find that at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Well, thank you, Sonia, for an amazing conversation. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode today. I hope you learned from this episode that you can apply in your life. If you did enjoy this, please subscribe to the podcast, The Nishan Garg Show on Apple Podcast. You can also subscribe to the show through my website, https colon slash slash nishangarg.me, N-I-S-H-A-N-T-G-A-R-G dot me. You can also share this podcast with your family and friends or whoever want to feel fulfilled. And thank you so much again.